It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Today, we have, once again, a special guest. Uh, this is a fellow Run Happy team member. Uh, we met at the Brooks Hype Fest. We were on a team together, so we got to spend a little bit of time together. We found out that we um, obviously are both trail and ultra runners, and so we hit it off right off the bat. Patrick Koredich, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You got my name right. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be fair, we practiced it about 45 times before the <laughs> podcast started. So, uh, yeah. So where does that name come from? Eastern European. So it's uh, it was actually Slovenia or Slavic kind of area, Czechoslovakia, all that stuff that doesn't exist anymore. So it would have been that kind of Western block of of Russia. So my great my great great grandfather moved there from Slovenia, Slavic, and then they moved to kind of southwest Colorado where all the coal mines were. So my okay. grandfather grew up in a coal mine. No way. Coal camp. And so that was and uh so that was we had so what was that three generations removed, I guess, from being Slavic. So that's my pasty white, right? You know, there's <laughs> I got the I got the, the the facial hair. The girl's like straight out. <laughs> no, I feel like uh, I feel like we we could be ancestors because I, uh, you know, are not ancestors. Yeah, we could be related because I'm pasty white. My hair grows straight out of what hair that I do have. So, uh, oh, I couldn't I couldn't grow that mustache. That if I if I tried, it would come in patches. It would take me like eight years. It would be you know you laugh, but this mustache is is probably taking me eight years to get to where it's at. So yeah, I can't shave it off because then it would just take so much more time to get back on here. So, and it's, it's honestly one, it's become my persona. So I I have to keep it. <laughs> you do have to. I can't get rid of it. Well, uh, that's kind of cool. Does are there still a lot of coal mines out in Colorado? Not as many. I mean, coal coal doesn't pay what it used to, man. Yeah, coal, we don't use it. It's not. It's not a primary. At least for Colorado, it's not a primary energy source. So I think we still we still mine it, but we we haul a lot of it out um, uh, to some of the wet, like eastern states. There's a lot of, or up north, like places like North Dakota loves their coal. So there's there's still plenty of states to do. We've been dismantling a lot of coal plants, so coal's kind of on the out for Colorado. Yeah, um, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, I'm mining mining towns were pretty big in Colorado and that's where a lot of our races our big races come from is from mining towns trying to resurrect and keep some money flowing like Leadville Leadville Georgetown Fair Play all, yeah, you, all the you, classics you know way more than I do about those so <laughs> I, I live here to be yeah, fair so. yeah where, where in Colorado are you so I'm in a town called Littleton uh, but it's really close to Morrison so we're I'm like Red Rock. If, for most people, if I Red Rocks Amphitheater, so I'm only about ten or about fifteen minutes from Red Rocks Amphitheater. Oh my gosh, you're so lucky! The music so, that flows in and out of that place is amazing. So, like when I drive to work, so the place is almost always lit up. So when I drive to work in the morning, I can see the amphitheater. You can yeah. kind of see it tucked up in the hills. That's super cool. I'd be going out there all the time. I bet it kind of gets old too, though, because like, Just oh, I got to go see another artist in concert. <laughs> it's just expensive it's, it's a cool place like there's a there's a lot of trails like around it and so there's a lot of times i run the trails in the morning 
I try to end up at the amphitheater at dawn. Oh, cool. Watch the sunrise because the sun will rise behind the amphitheater. So you, it's like the stage is down there and then the sun is rising behind the stage. So it's like, it's really, it's, it's really cool. So it's, that's, it's kind of a fun place. Cause there's, there's, um, Matthew Winters Park is around there. So there's this awesome trail called Dakota Ridge. So you can link Dakota Ridge with Red Rocks and then you can end up in the amphitheater. Nice. Nice. Well, hey, man, let's jump into your story. How did you get into, into trail running? I got into running from Spartan races. So about, I guess it was probably, would have been, I'm trying to think as my daughter was born yet. Probably would have been. So I would have been probably five, six years ago. A friend of mine's like, I, I, I don't run. I hadn't run. I'm not like, not a not an athlete in college, anything, anything like that. Like off the couch kind of guy. And my buddy's like, you should do a Spartan race. Cause they're doing, they have, they, they, at that time they were doing the Spartan. Um, I think they were actually doing the trifectas up in Breckenridge which they, for whatever reason they don't do anymore. So they did, they had a sprint up there. So he's like, we should go do this. I'm like, sure. Why not? How far is a sprint? Uh, five miles. So five okay. miles and about 15 obstacles, something. Like I am that. not at all familiar with this, the Spartan races. So, we, you know, it's, it's, it's their lowest bracket. Yeah. So I was like, all right, why not? It's five miles. I can, I can probably figure this out. And, uh, tons of fun. I was fairly pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and the running part was like, just forget it. Right. You know, and, but I liked the whole race feel like my, this, this whole combination of running and obstacles and like the whole atmosphere was kind of fun. So then the next year I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do a trifecta, which is you do the three main races. So you do the sprint, which is like the five mile, you do the super, which is 10. And that's like 20 something obstacles. And then you do the beast and that's like half marathon. And then that comes with, uh, I think it's like 30 something obstacles. What kind of obstacles are you facing in these? It, like it could be. Um, I see people like swimming and maybe not swimming, but like climbing on a barbed wire in the mud and jumping you over. Some of that, you do a little bit of that. Like there's like a lot of like Spartan is more. So there's tough mudder and Spartan, which are like uh, very, okay. Maybe I'm getting those confused. Yeah. Yeah. They're whatever. They're you know, some purist is going to say that I'm totally wrong, but like they're not that. <laughs> but I mean, the, the Spartan, I think, is more like obstacle like like physical like obstacle thing where you you've got to go a bunch of uh, like you i gotta do monkey bars in the middle of the monkey bars there's like a a long bar that i have to shimmy across and i have to go buy some rings or i gotta climb a wall or i have to um like a lot of physical basic i have to lift something up with uh you know lift sandbags up i gotta carry carry a sandbag or carry a bucket i have to you know so there's all different things right and if you don't do it you know, you have to do 30 burpees. So if I, yeah. if I screw oh, the wow. which is so like, first time I'm doing like a gazillion burpees, right? You're just like, you just want to, you just want to <laughs> die. Basically. So I was like, all right, you know, let's, it's an excuse for me to kind of like get, get in shape. Really. That's what it was. Like, all right, I'm going to get in shape doing this stuff. And, um, it's part of it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to run. And at that time I was, you know, I was working as pre COVID. So I was working in the office five days a week and I work in downtown Denver. And I'm like, well, I can run every day. And so I just, I started, I started running. Right. And it, you know, first it was like a mile then two miles. Then like, I remember the first time I could run three miles and I just didn't feel like I hated my life. Like that was like the, 
that's when I knew running was not going to be too bad. It's like I could run three miles and I didn't feel like just absolute death. And then I started to say like, well, most of these are trail. So like they're almost always are on trail. So I'm like, I got started training on trails and I started running on trails. And I realized, man, this is like a hundred times better than running on roads. It's kind of like hiking, but faster. <laughs> it's really what it was. That's awesome. And so that, that was really it. And so I trained all year and I did all the Spartans and you know, my, my, the, the B Spartan was a freaking disaster. That was my, that was my lesson in electrolytes, but Ooh, they, everybody's got to learn that one. Yeah. That was, that was a, that was a hard fought lesson, but then I, so I finished the trifecta and then by the end of it, I realized I liked the running more than I liked the obstacles. And so at the end of that year, I, um, I did my first actual like trail race. It was suffer better, which is this, this group I, I've learned to like, I've gotten real involved in the last couple of years or like tons of fun. I just had looked up a trail race. I said, suffer better. That sounds like a cool race. And it was at their old, they had, they, they, they owned some property. So there's these two giant laps in their property. I think it was like 10 miles total or 11 miles. One of the hardest things I've ever done, but it was so much fun. And that's, I think that was the, that was when I got hooked on trail racing. Awesome. And then I just kind of Spartans went on, went on the wayside that was 2019, 2020, COVID came anyway, Spartan shut down. And so I just started, just started running trails. You know, I live in like, I live in a great area for it. Yeah. And so I just, I just had fun with it. And, you know, now it's like, now I'm hooked. You know, every time I wasn't going to run something longer, I started running something longer. It's like, well, I'll never run a half marathon. And then you run a half marathon. It's like, well, I'm never going to run a 25. Okay. Well, that happened. Like, well, that's marathons not much, that much more than you're on a marathon. And then you're like, well, uh, 50K is not that much farther off. And then you're at the 50. <laughs> you know, and now I'm looking at a 24 hour next year. So it's like, all right, you know, let's, you know, let's, I've done a 12 hour. Nah, I was going to do a 24 hour. Yeah. What's, uh, so, so when did you, what was your first like trail race? It would have been the, the first race I do was Suffer Better. So it I think it was like, 11 miles and it turned out to be like 3,200 feet a game. Oh my gosh. I think it was like two 1600 laps basically. And I think they were, they were like six mile laps. So it was like, I just remember the, the thing I remember most about that race, I'm running towards the finish and I'm like, everything's like seizing up. Right. And I had to jump over this log. It's not like a tall log. This isn't like <laughs> steeplechase or anything. Like I remember jumping over this log and like my calf, like just seizing up, like just, you know, and I remember landing and almost like face planting because his calf just doesn't work. And I'm like hobbling into the finish line. And I was like, that really sucked, but I would do that again. Yeah. That's what's crazy, man. It's like, you have the absolute worst experience. I remember the first like real official distance. It was just a fat ass that we went out and did, but it was like, man, I was out there on the trails with my friends and I was running way harder than I probably should have been. And what my fitness was allowing me to run. Um, also, uh, a lesson in electrolytes that day. Um, you know, it came into like the 50 K mark and my calf was looked like a little creature was trying to get out of me, but it man, it was just like, and I, I was going for a hundred K and I only got like 45 miles or something like that. But I was like, I'm hooked. I'm addicted. I love this so much, but I don't, I don't know. I think it's just those ones that just like you work so hard for the ones that you really like appreciate. 
You know, I think you have to, you have, again, you have to like to, I, I tell people this that are, that, you know, are getting into them. Like you have to like, you have to like to suffer a little bit, Like you have, you have to be a little sick in your head because there's like this, there's going to be, there's going to be parts, even if everything goes right, there's going to be parts that just plain suck. Yeah. There's just going to be parts that are miserable and don't feel good <laughs> and things hurt and you just want to quit and you just have to like, you got to get through those points and then it's great afterwards, but you have this, like, there's always going to be these, just these parts that are just like absolutely zero fun. And I, I think suffering is, par- I mean, suffering is so much part of it. It's like, I, you know, they always say that uh, an ultra is like 90% mental, 10% physical. And, and, and there's a lot of truth to that, but suffering in a race, it's like, man, if you can overcome that, I feel like you can overcome a lot of, a lot of things out there. I, I, I completely agree. And again, I, I love a good suffer fest. Like there's even like during training, like anytime, like you know, that's my mantra is suffer now. So you can suffer later. And so yeah. anytime I train with people or have trained people, I'm like I'm going to make it very miserable for you right now. Because, <laughs> because then when you get to the race and it's horrible, you're like, I've done this before. Like, I, I like, it doesn't feel any different than tra- you've trained so hard that you get to the race and you're like, this sucks. But I've been in this, this, like, this suck fest before yeah yeah <laughs> so no, it's nothing different yeah and you're in an area where suffering is the middle name of every single race that you've gone out and done y'all don't have flat rails to trails or track races and stuff like that like you're in an area where it's big mountain style races oh yeah i mean you again if you can you can go run reservoirs like there's if you wanted something flat trust yeah. me yeah something flat but if you want to go big there is like all kinds of operations sky's the limit out there yeah and and i'm not talking trash on a rails to trails by any means like i definitely have one in mind to to, that i'm going to go run but (laughs) but you know it's it's like you know where where you're at you just have the opportunity to go run some big stuff and and it's fun i mean it's it's all it's like the views like that's i mean the grind is great i love the grind but like you go to the places where you can just get the spectacular views. Like that's the, that's what I love the best. Yeah. We had a guest on that. Uh, he, he just recently ran hard rock and he was a golden hour finisher in hard rock and his, his mantra for the race, it took him 10 years to get in. His mantra was, um, gratefulness. And he was so grateful that he could be there. And so like anytime that he was kind of in a suffering, he was just like, I'm here. I worked so hard to get here and he would just stop and look at the views and it's just like man what a what an experience that that would that would be just to be out there and just taking in everything that hard rock has to offer and it's just like the mountains are you know those mountains down there are just something else well there i mean i think that's the i think you know that's what makes that race so hard is like those are not these are not well-used mountains right you're not like on a groom trail that like tons of people hike on like no one goes out there yeah no one lives out there very very few people go out there it is that is like rugged freaking wilderness out remote, there remote remote it's very cool stuff but yeah, yeah there's it's that is unrelenting wilderness out there well you just ran a race out there right uh tell you right so that's our first time out there yeah go talk us through the race so I did Emo Jean Pass. So this was actually their 50th anniversary, which I didn't know. Turned out to be, you know, very cool year to do it. So it's a it's it's a race that runs Emo Jean Pass. This is like a Jeep pass that goes from Uray to Telluride. Oh wow! So it's 17 miles, 50 or 5,000 feet. 
So you gain all five, you gain 5,000 feet in 10 miles and you drop it in seven miles going into <laughs> That sounds awesome. <laughs> suffer for 10 and then suffer for seven. Because <laughs> up is a suffer, but damn, people forget how bad down is a suffer too, man. Like I don't, I don't forget. I, I, <laughs> I knew, I, I knew that going in that, that downhill was going to be just, just a, an obliterator, but it was super cool. So tell your, I, we don't, from from where we live it's like eight to six and a half to eight hours so yeah. it's it's, a, it's like a full day drive so we'd never been out there we made it our anniversary trip i drove out on friday went saturday um you know they, we, we stayed in telluride because like we just figured it'd be cool for me to finish there my wife could be there just the, the logistics were, were easier to do it that way so i left in the morning around 5 15 um it's the story you don't want to hear about halfway through on the bus i had to like i had to go like the coffee everything oh like, yeah every so runner bus, every runner can resonate with that so this, <laughs> this, this bus is romping like <laughs> how far was the bus ride like an hour like an hour and 15 minutes so like we're getting like mission critical and so we get there <laughs> and the line like, is like so long at the porter oh, dude, i got so lucky so we're like I get there. There's like a community center, one bathroom, oh, no. one stall. So I get in line. I'm like three people back. Like within five minutes, there's 25 people behind me. Like, so just anyone who's running the email gene pass race, here's your biggest tip. You don't have to go to the community center. If you go up the street where the start line is, there's like 25 porta potties. <laughs> there is no sign that tells you this. So this is your, here's your tip of the week. When you get off that bus, just go to the start line up the street. Forget the forget that. So, so you start like Main Street, Ure, and then you basically just go up. Like there's like no flat almost. You're just you climb like this, and then I think that's in the first seven miles you gain three thousand feet, and then in the last three miles you gain two thousand. So you're just and the, it tops out at I think thirteen thousand one hundred. So you're. Wow. You know, pretty pretty big race, like wide diversity of people. Um, and then once you hit the top, it's just down. And it's the the first like two miles are really steep. And I'm not like the fastest down here runner. So it was the it took a little for me to navigate that first two, and then it's just unrelenting downhill for seven miles, then you end up in Main Street in Telluride. And you said this was all on a Jeep road? Yep, it's all this. It's a people drive this, which is insane because there's like it's really hard. You wouldn't be able to pass people most of the time, but it's like it's and it's really cool because you pass like so many mining ruins. Like there's this uh, there's a gold mine that's up there, and it not anymore, but you could sell where all the mining stuff was. You could see where the the guy who owned it his like his giant house that he could like look over all the workers. Um, there was like a handful of like cabins going up there too. I mean the the views were spectacular, like. Telluride, Uray, that whole area, highly recommend. Like yeah. unreal. Like you Telluride's like this box canyon. So when you're coming down the last like two miles, you're coming into this box canyon and you can just see this whole like your rim. And then you see like at the bottom this oval that is more or less Telluride at the bottom. Like just absolutely gorgeous. And so really good race. I mean, the put together well, they uh Decent aid stations. They had hot soup at the or hot broth at the top, which was super clutch. I didn't yeah. hang. I, I was what trying is to it get with me. broth at an aid station. It just like 
I don't know. It just hits. <laughs> well, and it was, and you're at 13,100. So like the wind's whipping it. It was actually fairly cold. So you're like, you know, I slammed two or three of those and then, you know, started on the downhill and it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's, you can tell, like, again, it brings a wide group of people. So I saw like, there's people that just were ripping it. You know, I did it in like four, four and a half hours kind of thing. The winner does this thing in like two hours. And I mean, I would say four hours with 5,000 foot of climb is still ripping it. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, you know, I'm like mid pack and there's like people that are tearing it up. And then you know, the <laughs> other people were like, <laughs> I remember there's this, there's this woman I'm leaving. It's like her and her friend. I'm like, we just left your Ray. And she's like, well, I mean, we're like quarter mile. And she goes, she goes, I better slow down. My back's already spasming. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, you're, you better you better just call this shit. <laughs> and then you get above out. And then you, once you get above like 12,000 feet or so, you see all like that altitude really starts to like, yeah, take its toll. And like, you know, that's where people are like puking or like laying down. Cause it's like, it's really starting to, you I know, mean, not, does it affect you even though where you live, you're at a higher altitude or, you know, I'm, I'm fairly lucky. Like my heart rate goes up, my breathing goes up. So like my, my performance typically hurt, you know, suffers from it. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't train probably enough at like that. I wasn't able to train enough at like 12 and 13,000, but I, I very like I can count probably on one hand, the times I've gotten altitude sickness. Okay. And it hasn't been when I'm an adult. So I just, I deal with it well, but I also know that like the keys are, is like, are like just fluids, 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 fluids. Yeah. Right. Pound as much as you can. That helps, you know, having, you know, eat, you know, making sure you're eating the right stuff. Like, you know, all the stuff you do with like you would normally do when you run, just you may have to do a little bit more of it because your body's, your heart's going to be working harder. Your lungs will be working harder. Everything just, everything will have to work harder. Yeah. So at 13,000 feet, you're probably down 20% oxygen, right? I, I always remember 14 or like at the top of 14 or you're down like 30% oxygen. So trying to draw this linear line and guessing but you're probably 20 percent or 20 20 something percent at thirteen thousand. so it just hurts you know you gotta be ready for it yeah so i'm just again i'm fairly lucky you know where it doesn't i don't get sick that's good <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i know i you know that's a I, i've never run really at altitude so i don't have a lot of experience i think the highest in my race that i've ever done was well, maybe I did, I did quad rocks. I don't know what quad rock gets to, but I don't think it gets that high, like maybe 8,000, but I yeah, think Bighorn, I think, I, think, probably... I think Bighorn got, I know Bighorn gets over nine. So that's really maybe max of what I've ever gotten in a race. So not enough to really affect you. I don't think. Yeah. Once you hit like, like, in like the, I'll, I'll start feeling it. I mean, even when I go, like we, we have a trailer up in Dillon, so I'll go do trail. I'll go whenever we're up there, I'll go run. We have, so there's some local trails in Dillon. I'll run and uh, you just feel it. And that's 10, that's like 9,000 feet. Yeah. You know, you'll definitely feel it. Yeah. I think Bighorn, you just peak at like you peak at nine and then you come right back down. So it's, it's unless you sit at the hate station for a long time, which, well, you know, I might've done, but uh, I don't think you're going to get true effects of it. <laughs> That's a turnaround point, man. Everybody spends a little bit of time there. Yeah. Tell, tell your ride worth, worth the trip. I mean, it took us, I mean, I, again, I, you know, I'm 40 something years old and I've never been out there. So, I mean, I think we go back. It just will be a while cause it's a long drive and I yeah. would probably, 
tight price stay longer, right? Because you lose, we we went for four days, it, but you're only there for two because you're, it's a drive on both sides. Yeah. Well, man, you keep this thing up, you're going to be running Hard Rock in a couple of years. And you'll oh. you'll be in all those little towns. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about that. That's the raffle, pal. And again, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a whole new, po- whole nother podcast on that one. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got, I got, a couple, I got a couple steps before I get to, uh, I'm ready to, to die in Hard Rock. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, so once you finish the race, like how did, how did you feel after that? Like, once you peak at the 13,000, you started, you said you had a little bit of effects, but does it go away after you start descending or? Oh yeah. And again, like for me, it's just like the heart, like basically VO2 max, like starts to take a hit. So right. I just don't process oxygen as fast. So it just yeah. means heart rate's higher, you know, everything else, breathing is a little more labored. So then I'm just going down and then it was just punishing. Like you're, just, <laughs> you're going down. It's like, it's Jeep road and it's, so you're just, and it's fairly like good grade and you're just like pounding, just absolute, just, you know, I'm old. So like my hips, everything are just like, <laughs> not, not I've, I've seen videos of those roads and those Jeeps riding up. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to hike up that thing, much less run up or down. Up, up's easier. Cause you're not, again, you're not, I mean, again, I'm, you know, at least I'm not spreading up these things. So like, you know, you're just kind of power hiking and, you know, trying to, you know, run up and down, you're just like, it's just, you know, just beating everybody. Like I, I, we came in that was, so I was fairly sore, like the days following the race. I'm pretty sure it was all because of that, just relentless downhill, but it was awesome. Like you, you, you come into like main street and Telluride streets are lined with people. My wife was there. So she, she rarely sees me finish races. Cause they're always like somewhere in the middle of nowhere and they take forever. <laughs> So, but it's cool. So she got to like, I got to slap her a five, you know, finish. They had like Palisade peaches for like, you know, post-race stuff they had. So, and it was real funny. So, you know, I'm sitting there slamming like a couple peaches. I just like got like four or five peaches. I'm trying to slam these things down. And my wife is, she's over, she's talking with me. She goes, I'm just going to tell you, it smells real ripe down here. You know, <laughs> you're just like in this crowd of, you know, all these runners and it, and it got warm. So that was the other part. It's like super windy, cool up top, started cool. But then the last like four miles, like it's warm, like it's seventies, low eighties, you know, yeah. you're just, you know, and so- warm at elevation is warm. Oh yeah. That's sun. That sun sucks. There's like no ozone. You're just getting you know, <laughs> you're just getting beat down <laughs> you're just kidding. yeah you, you could Spray tell your wife had never been to uh really been to a race if she uh was smelling everybody and taking it all in because yep, man like, the end of an ultra or a big big run like that like everybody stinks <laughs> yeah i was like yeah I'm, I'm, you know she goes you don't smell I'm like no probably because i smell like a dumpster yeah right you know it's bad when you can smell yourself <laughs> She's like, do you want to hang out here with everybody? Like, no, because we were staying in Celery. Like, no, I want to go back. I want to yeah. shower. Yeah. And then we, then we can come and hang out. Like, yeah. I want to get, because I had like, I had, I had a short sleeve on, but I had, um, I had decided to put on, uh, tights that morning. So it was like, oh, okay. it was cold enough. Yeah. Okay. And so like, I was ready to get those tights off. I needed to get the Peter Pans off. Like, I yeah. Was... <laughs> the Peter Pans. <laughs> I was ready, man. I was so ready. <laughs> I think that's one thing that's really cool about our community is like, yeah, you went, you went and showered, but you came back and you, you cheered people on. Like, 
that's that's really cool of with our community like you don't really see that in any other race people finish a well and the whole, you know, and the whole town was like, and they and the they, town was like that everybody had their like shirt on so you could tell you know a lot of people you could tell who ran it so you're just like you know hey and like it was cool because i ran to a few people that had seen during the race you know everyone's always nice i mean that, i feel like that's what like every trail race like yeah everyone's. It is, everyone and it, it's such a cheer cool. each other on during the race. You know, hey, where are you going afterwards? Like, you know, you're kind of hiking up, and everybody like wants you. You know, you're you're especially the last like two miles where you're just everyone's slogging, everyone wants to die, and you're just kind of going up this like last thing. You're like, oh, what are you going to eat tonight, right? And you know, a bunch of people are going for pizza, and you're just talking about. Someone actually asked me about. Um, I have a vitiligo, so I have like my hands turn white. I have a like autoimmune and. A woman actually came up to me. She caught up to me and she goes, I had seen you down in the community center. She goes, I wanted to ask you about your, your skin, if that's okay. I was like, yeah, go for it. And I guess her daughter has it. And like her daughter's like 12 or something, which I feel awful for. And so she was just asking me like when I got it, she asked me like all these different questions around. So we had like this great discussion for probably like 30 minutes as we were kind of heading up the mountain because she was just asking me all these different questions. And so this is again just real interesting time, real fun time. You know, again, I and I some of these people I saw later on down in Telluride because it's not like that town's very big. <laughs> so you ran to, <laughs> you know, people when you're going out getting a beer or a sandwich or whatever. So that was it was a good time. It was again, it's 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 one of those bucket list type races that I would, you know, you have to sign up. It, it sells out in like thirty seconds. So if you're interested, you have to log in the day. Like, don't think you're gonna log in like three hours later and get something. Yeah. You have to log in the day and, and get the entry. You know, it races are really good when, when they sell out the day of. Yeah. I mean, it's a, so I had trained a woman for it the year before I'd never heard of it. And so she, I trained her to race. I'm like, this race looks awesome. And she goes, yeah, you got to buy the ticket. Sure enough. Like I, I logged in and got it and they, I think they sold out in six, seven minutes that day. So yeah. Was, oh my you know, gosh. That's in and out. Well, Hey, you mentioned your, um, your autoimmune disease and that's, you know, that's, one thing that, um, you know, I know, obviously I noticed about, about you when we were talking and running together, but, and, you know, and, and I was, I was curious about it just as, as I'm sure most people are when you, you know, you're running and I was asking questions and, and I thought maybe it'd be something to, if, if you don't mind, maybe sharing a little bit about it. Sure. So I, uh, I say, I think it was in my late, late 20s late 20s early 30s i started noticing like i was losing like patches of hair like round pieces of hair you know like crop circles in my head kind of weird <laughs> shit so and so i went went to dermatologist and it's like it's and they, it's it's called it's a that's alopecia so yeah. it's a, and again it's basically the body is it's like one version of like so autoimmune is like this catch-all right there's a like hundreds of things that can yeah. happen from, from autoimmune. And so it depends how it manifests in your body. And so I, I, you know, that was how it first manifested for me is it started, I started to get alopecia. And so you lose hair and they'd be gone for like months at a time. And then it, it would, it would eventually grow back. And then years after that, I found out I had very, very low thyroid hypothyroid. So I was going to work in full time and going to grad school and I was sleeping in my car between like work and like evening classes, which I just thought, cause I was tired. Turns out I had like no thyroid. <laughs> so mm, I, had to start taking, do it. <laughs> I, well, I went in to get the, to take the blood and 
she's like, I'm not sure how you were functional. I'm like, well, I am, <laughs> I am taking a nap at like five o'clock. <laughs> you know, she's like, yeah, we're going to get you on medicine. And, uh, and then a couple of years after that, I started to get vitiligo. So that's kind of where you're, you similar, like where you're, you know, my body's fighting my hair, it's fighting pigment in my skin. So I started to have part chunks of my skin would just turn more or less albino. And so that, that started to happen over the years too. And so that was probably, I'm in 43 now. And so alopecia still comes and goes um, like one part of my eyebrow, like you can't see it with my glasses, but one part of my eyebrow, would never rose back anymore. So like, you know, there's, there's parts and I, I've, I lost a little hair back here recently. Alopecia comes and goes, the vitiligo comes and stays, right? That's the, that's kind of the bane of that one is so like, I just, over the years, I get more and more albino on my skin. My hands are covered. My legs are, are getting there. I'm starting to get some on my face. So, you know, by the time I'm 80, it'll probably be all over my face and, yeah, you know, it doesn't hurt or anything. Like none of this like is, is painful. Like I don't have gut or like right now I don't have gut problems. I don't have, there's, there's, it's mostly cosmetic other yeah. than my thyroid. Like I have to manage my thyroid. So I'm not ex exhausted all the time. Yeah. But that, I think, you know, there's a lot of, there's again, autoimmune. I have autoimmune communities, very big. Yeah. So there's, I have friends that can't eat certain things or can't do certain things or, you know, have like physical impairments because of autoimmune, you know, it's, kind of waiting for one of these days where they're going to tell me I have Hashimoto's or something like that, where I'm going to have a real problem. Now, are you more susceptible to get, um, once you have an autoimmune disease, are you more susceptible to get more autoimmune diseases? Is not that kind that of, I, I'm not truly familiar with autoimmune. Not that I've been told. I mean, again, like I've been, I've asked multiple times, like, should I worry about Hashimoto's? Should I worry about some of these other autoimmune diseases? And they're like, not particularly, right? And it's not, you know, I don't have like a genetic history of it. Like I'm the one in my family who has it. You know, they said it can happen, but it's autoimmune is also a lot of the, one of those things where it's not like the most well-known, you know, why do you get it? Great question, right? You know, like, you know, some, some of it could be genetics, some of it could be environment, some could be just, again, like the, the DNA and everything when you're born, you're just more, you're more susceptible to it. You know, I, I probably had thyroid problems back when I had alopecia. I just didn't know it yet. Right. I don't, I wasn't getting tested for my thyroid wasn't getting tested back then. So, you know, I probably, you know, looking back, I probably had it then. And, and honestly, I think I had it when I was a kid. I just didn't know it because not, not the thyroid, but the autoimmune, like when my, my parents got divorced when I was around like nine years old, and they, I lost my eyebrows and they thought I, I was like a nervous kid and I was picking my eyebrows out. Yeah. More like stress. Probably wasn't. They actually probably fell out. It was probably, that probably yeah. stress is a trick. Yeah. Is, but everybody thought it was stress. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess stress triggered it, but yeah, stress, everybody stress, thought you yeah. were pulling it out, being stressed about it. Yeah, Exactly. You know, it's, you know, it's uh, stress could be a trigger for it. So probably actually I just, my eyebrows fell out back then. And uh, so it's kind of one of those things like you look back and you're like, oh, all right, that makes <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> right. That's that's probably what happened. Right. So again, it's it again, it, it doesn't bother me a whole, you know, again, it's 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 more just like I got I wear sunscreen everywhere, right? Because I'm like part albino. So I have Yeah, to I was gonna ask, does that affect the you know, the 
with your you know your skin turning more white does that affect you getting burnt more or no because i wear sunscreen like all the time yeah so it's it's funny if you read big nerd right so you know uh if you go read a bunch of if you go read like susceptibility of like skin cancer and things like that to people who have vitiligo it's actually lower with people that have vitiligo really that don't right i guess you're more subconscious about your skin so you're yeah so i think the results are skewed right i think when yeah. you look if you were to compare the numbers apple to apples you're like yeah vitiligo people have less but i was gonna sneeze <laughs> here it is i'm like i knew it was coming they uh people have less but then you're just more conscious like when i run i use uh, i have like single serve um like sunscreen that i carry everywhere yeah my bag so when i if i run races or anything i always have multiple ones of those from outlarmer than I, I you know I, that i that i think i'm going to be i can reapply uh the sunscreen i typically use is actually made for triathletes so it's really good like sweat water all that stuff it survives just about everything nice so what what sunscreen is that i feel like i need to know this you know <laughs> I, I should be repping this stuff i wear sleeves i wear um i wear just uh like arm sleeves yeah instead of applying sunscreen i i I just like i hate the greasiness of sunscreen when i'm you know out there for hours and hours but i guess um i mean i still have my neck and face and stuff like that i didn't think about that really but i mean i do apply sunscreen to my neck and face but for my arms i usually wear sleeves during the summer well i can um since i you know i'm a horrible well, it's not, I don't rep the brand, so I guess I, don't, I can't feel too bad. But <laughs> it's, it starts with a Z. I, I found out of it. So I, I rep Picky Bars, which is under Laird. And so they offer these, like, they partner with a ton of people. So as an ambassador, you get, like, all these cool discounts. Yeah. And that was one of them. And so I tried out their sunscreen, and I love it because it's not greasy at all. Like, oh, it's okay. My, it's become my absolute favorite sunscreen because it's not greasy, stays on. I can get wet. I can sweat. I can do whatever I want. And I can buy, you can buy the big thing of it, but I love these little, like, you know, these little containers because I can shove them in my running vest and I can, yeah. like, I can always, I, that way, even if I forget sunscreen, I know I've got one sitting in my vest. That's like me with squirrels nut butter. I know when, not if, but when I have some chafe pop up, I just pull that little guy yeah. out of my, uh, out of my Pretty pack. Much. And <laughs> I always have the little tin sitting in my bag of that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the lifesaver. There's no doubt. <laughs> but yes, I mean, and that's, that's that's it. I mean, you get sometimes you get weird questions. I mean, most adults don't ask questions; they'll just look at you. So, yeah. um, I was that I was that one off man. I was like, hey, I I I don't mean to hit that hit the button, but I I gotta know. You know, it's like, okay. like and I, and I was I appreciate you being super open about it. Well, I mean, I, as long as you like approach it right, like kids are great about it. Kids are always like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you all about it. I did have an old woman like asked me she's you know and she asked me the way she goes what's wrong with you like <laughs> and i forget her exact words it was like what's wrong with your skin you know it was like something yeah. like that and so i said you know i was poisoned <laughs> she goes oh my god i'm like yeah it was pretty bad i was real sick <laughs> that's great and i just like walked away <laughs> You play stupid games, you're gonna win stupid prizes. <laughs> you know what? And I'm sure I was like, I'm sure I was the talk of the town at like the the cribbage club or whatever it was. You know, they're playing 
you know, they're playing spades down the block. She's, I just talked to this this young man. He was poisoned. <laughs> he was all white. Uh, other than, um, you know, having to take precautions of sunscreen, is there anything else that you have to like take precautions on when you're out for these long days on the trails? Not really. I mean, not because of, you know, not, not because of autoimmune. I mean, just you keep up on your thyroid type stuff, right? You know, as you're, you can get, you know, again, like, I found like sometimes I get tired, sometimes tired a little easier. Um, even when, even when I'm like the medications, right. So, but other than that, like, you know, it's nothing, no, no other special precautions. I could eat pretty much whatever I want to eat and stuff like that. Like I don't have any kind of gut problems that I have to worry about, which is, um, you know, should knock on. Yeah. Knock be thankful for here. that. Cause that's a, that's a rarity. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We were talking about it today on our run. Like I love peanut butter any other time than when I'm running. Really? If I'm running, like I burping up peanut butter for the next four hours, it's just like I I can't do it. But like oh, I come home, I can eat peanut butter all day long. I don't get it. Uncrustable baby, that's like that, that's my shit. You know, I to this day have never had an uncrustable. I mean, here, I feel you, like I'm not a real trail runner because I have not eaten under eaten every uncrustable i feel like that's a staple in like 99 percent of ultra runners <laughs> yeah, i mean the the, the bonus is is like you can just take it out of the freezer throw it in your bag and then yeah. it's like god but, but i'll tell you what you can make i mean unless you run up in here in alaska and it stays frozen so you know what you can also do know. is just get like just get like a big like a like a little pie cutter get some white bread it's gotta be white bread like wonder bread the shit with like zero nutritional fucking value in it (laughs) (laughs) and you cut yourself two things of it peanut butter on one side jelly on the other slam it together crimp the sides with a fork throw it in a bag you're uncrustable done yeah yeah something with the peanut butter i don't know every morning when i I first started ultra running um I did peanut butter pickles and I loved them. Oh God, what the hell is wrong with you? No, dude, I'm telling you, if you've never tried peanut butter pickles, it's, a, it is really good. I'm no. telling you, you're going to go try it. And you're going to be like, yep, this is the winner. No, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll take your word for it. Yeah. So I ran peanut butter pickles uh, for a long time. And then I went to this race and I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I was burping up peanut butter for the next four hours and I was like, never again. And that was two years ago. And I've yet to have a peanut butter jelly sandwich on a run. You know, I feel like it's, it's like when you, you went and you, and you got drunk on, you know, whatever it was. And then you don't want, you don't want to smell that for the next like four years. <laughs> like it's the same. You know, I, I like, sometimes I'll do tortillas. Like I'll do peanut butter and jelly and like a tortilla yeah. and roll it up. Yeah. You know, like I, I love, I don't do a lot, you know, it's a lot of fat, so I don't do, I don't do a, always a ton of it, but if I know it's going to be a long run, it's kind of like my mid, my mid snack, like, nice. you know, I pull it out of my bag, you know, it's, I know it's going to be very fulfilling. It's like dried fruits. So yeah. yeah. Well, Hey man, since you're a troll and ultra runner, sometimes we ask this question, what is something that has happened to you? That's like super embarrassing while you're out on a run. <laughs> <laughs> he's laughing so he's got a good one I'm... I'm just trying to think of there's more than a few I remember um god this is this is before the run I uh I went I was gonna go I was training somebody and we were gonna go run a 14er so we we're gonna go run Grace Peak 
And so I got there early, pulled my car. It's like four o'clock in the morning. Let a fart go. Totally not a fart. And, uh, <laughs> not at all. We're talking full on explosion or not good. Like <laughs> guaranteed to not have a change either. Luckily I had the change. Oh, this, you had the it's change. Like, this is like a very busy trail. And so now I'm like, I got to finish going because I'm not, not done yet. Right. <laughs> we, we had to put the brakes on this because we not a good situation. So I'm like, is this, is this one of your clients that you coach or? Yeah. Well, this is just a, you know, friend, like, I don't, you know, every, everything's free. You know, I don't, I don't, I charge people like alcohol or, oh, okay. or favors, right. This is, I'm a bartering kind of guy. Yeah. But they, uh, yeah. So she, luckily she's not there yet. So I'm like, Oh, it's a she. So that, that, that's a little, little bit more embarrassing. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm getting out of my car. I'm like, there's like all these cars, like parking at this trailhead. So I'm like running into the brush. Like I'm peeling off like my pants. <laughs> like I'm just like throw the boxers, like done. Like we're not, there's no salvaging these things. And, you know, and you know, having like clean up and like this whole thing. And there's like cars, like, I'm just like, I'm getting hit with headlights like the whole time. <laughs> yeah. and for, and, like, I mean, everybody knows that this happens. And if you're out on trails, hiking or running, you know, this is a thing, but at the trailhead, I can just see people pulling up and they just see your little eyes squatting into the woods. <laughs> oh yeah. There's no, no surprise on what's going on here. They're probably like, oh, this poor bastard. And like, look, she had gotten lost. Cause I'm like, she should be here already. Like, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out my whole situation here. You know, finally get everything situated and get back. And she come and I never told her anything about this. She's like, how you doing? I'm doing a great morning. You know, I'm like, and I just crap my pants in my car, you know, I'm like, <laughs> so that was. That, that wasn't during a race, but that was... Yeah, the poop stories are the best, man. Those, that that, that, those was, the that best. was an unforgettable one, like, <laughs> for sure. Well, she's going to hear about it now. Yeah, that's... She's going to listen to the podcast. She's going to be like, I knew something was up that day. <laughs> he, was, he was way too happy that morning. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that was... You know, luckily not, like, embarrassing for me, but, like, no one else saw it. I was trying to think if there's anything else that was that's a... That was super embarrassing, like during a race. And not like, not that I can, you know, honestly, not that I can think of. Like, I'm yeah. trying to, you know, I never like face plant in front of anybody. I mean, I've, I've fallen many a times, but like nothing like super embarrassing. There was the electrical light, like not necessarily embarrassing, but it was like the most miserable time ever is that that last Spartan race I did was the beast. So it's 13 miles. It's 13 miles and 4,400 feet of gain. You're just going up and down Snowmass Mountain. It was like 80 degrees, like hot as shit. I had like a pack on. It was a Osprey, like with a straw and everything. Qu quarter mile in, it it leaks. Like everything falls out. It's got to oh, no. slice. And they had all my electrolytes in it. And so I'm just drinking water. So six miles in, cramp fest. Like everything. <laughs> like just nothing works. I still got like seven miles left and I'm like, and so like, it's just like going up and down stuff. Like just everything's seizing up. Like, I remember like, I'm just like, I had like salt tablets. I'm just like crunching them, like just hoping for the best here. And it was, that was, I remember there was one part of the, the race, like just the whole thing's miserable. Seven miles of just pure unadulterated misery. Yeah. And I remember there was like two miles left and you're running downhill. You're like, okay, thank God. And you make this turn and then there's just this hill 
like it's like a 300 foot hill mm. and i turn the hill and i go you gotta be kidding me and there's like an aids table right there and the lady's like you're about the 10th person who said that and like the whole hill is like a murder show like there's people laying down there's like people crawling there's people like grabbing their legs there was a a, a, a wife a husband couple and the wife has like a vacuum cleaner attachment like the tube from the vacuum cleaner and she's rolling it on her husband's like path what <laughs> like legit right i'm like i'm like did you bring that with you <laughs> and she goes yeah what kind for- of hell is this i'm like i'm like she's, he's like it's for working out cramps and so she's rolling it on his leg he's just bawling like a kid like this like just 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 tears are rolling down his face she's rolling up this down his leg and i'm like where am i <laughs> and I can't, I can't walk straight up because everything is seizing. So I'm doing this like side shuffle shit, like up, you know, up the, up the hill. Oh my god! There's, there, there's something left in my hip, you know, my my IT band, right? We're gonna just put the nail on that coffin, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna use we're gonna use what's left there. So that was that was so miserable. Like, yeah, was, <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. I remember one point, at one point I'm sitting on top of a wall because it's like this eight foot wall or something. So I'd gotten on top of the wall and then everything seized up. So like I, I was afraid to jump down because my legs were like, you know, like just vibrating or whatever it was. Like I couldn't, <laughs> I, could, I couldn't use them. So I just, I sat on this wall, like people are going over the wall and I'm just sitting on the top. Like you need help? Like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, I can't get down. Can you can you help me out? Can you can you can you carry me for the rest of the race? That would that's, be that's awesome. Well, what do you uh what do you got planned for next year? Well, I'm gonna do um the so uh Suffer Better, they partner with Run Up for Air, which is a a, a, a winter series. So they they basically raise money for like cleaner air, cleaner skies, conservation, things like that. So they run a bunch of races throughout the country in like basically February timeframe. And so I'll be running the one in Staunton. So they do, they do like, they do a three, a six, a 12 and a 24 hour. So I've done the 12 hour two years. So I'm going to go for the 24 hour this year. Nice. So it starts at 6 PM. So it's a, it's an evening start. Yeah starts at six ends at six it's at staunton which is a a park near me it's a little bit further up in the mountains like 30 minutes away so it's it's all it'll be snow packed typically it's it it has snowed years past it didn't snow last year but we had fresh snow before it started so it's it's an eight mile loop uh i think every loop it's a 1600 feet or 1700 feet per loop wow so you just loop so you can't loop anymore kind yeah. of deal. That's awesome. So a friend of mine is going to do it with me. And so we had talked about it. I said, well, we're going to do it. We get, I, we need company for the night so we can do it together. Yeah. My buddy's a freaking absolute beast. He's the, I call him the matador. So he's, uh, <laughs> he's like, he's like from Spain, like legit Spain. Um, and like specimen of a man kind of thing. Like the guy is like an absolute thoroughbred. So he'll uh i said you gotta stick with me for the night and then you can go do whatever you're gonna do <laughs> um you know just we 
chat me up through the night. So we're going to do that. And then, I don't know, I'm going to try to find something good for the rest of the year. You know, try to get a good, get a good destination race. This last year I did Never Summer, which was on the bucket list. And so was Emojin Pass. So I did both of those. So I'd like to get a 50 maybe next year, you know, see, you know, pick, pick a good 50 to do either in Colorado or Moab, I think has a few 50s. Nice. Nice. Well, what kind of gear are you using? Uh, I use an ultimate last well, and I just burned through one last year, but I have like I, I wear an ultimate direction vest. Um fit, fits really well. I like I like having the bottles in the front because I can track how much water I drank. Yeah. Um I did the bladder for years and it's just hard for me to like make sure I'm drinking enough water. Like yeah. if I have the bottles in the front, I know like when I go into an aid station, these are empty. Like I want it all gone. When I when I walk into an aid station, I don't want to have any, any water left, kind of thing. Um, I use Brooks shoes, not because I'm an ambassador. I've used Brooks stuff for like eons. I tried I tried Hoka for years, and I just too much stack, man. I just like I would do technical stuff, and I always thought I was gonna roll my ankles. And then yeah, was, you know, I I tell people that. Um... I, I've tried almost every trail shoe there is out there. I wouldn't say every, but I've tried a lot of trail shoes out there. And those Cascadias, man, I, I put them up in top three. I love Cascadias. I, I, I've tried other shoe. shoes. I come back every time. The Cascadias are a phenomenal shoe. And they do, um, so in the winter, it's like for this, for when I run in the winter, I use their GTX, which is yeah. there. And if you put a gator on, you can keep your feet dry through unless it's standing water, like standing water kind of sucks. But like for snow, if I have, if I have my GTX on and a gator, I can, I can keep my feet dry, you know, 10 plus hours pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I wear like everything else is honestly kind of like a mixed bag. Like I have a, there's a brand called belong. So they make like the most comfortable shirts known to man. So they're uh I, I can't remember if they're out of Colorado. Who who make who were belong? I got I, I don't wear their shirts for a race. Mm. Like this is super nice. And what they do is they print the pattern in the shirt. So you don't really? there is no you can't feel the pattern. The pattern is in the shirt. That's cool. And it's a tri-blend kind of shirt. So it's like yeah. super freaking soft and it wicks really well. And so they're not the cheapest shirts, so you got to get them on like sales, but they're they are like the most comfortable shirt. So I have I either run in suffer better stuff because again they have that tri blend. So I love I like suffer better shirts. I'll run in uh that or belong or like my two probably my two go-to like shirts. Shorts, I don't really care. I, I do like Brooks's. I, I've gotten those two-in-one shorts that Brooks makes. They've got they've sent a couple pairs of those. I like that because underwear is included. So yeah, I, I ran my last hundred K in the high point shorts, and I really like those. Yeah, the high points were, those were nice. I, I like those shorts. Socks, you know, I just, I, I just turn through socks. I like Belegas. I like uh, um, Bombas. Um, I don't know, as long as they're comfy. Like, I'm not like a super particular. I just like a, I just like a comfy sock. Yeah. Now, some people are like religious about how they have to have like one particular freaking sock. I'll, I just, churn through socks so like if i get free socks i'll probably wear them yeah you know i'm not gonna lie 
And then I'm a, I'm a huge hat guy. So I have like a zillion hats. <laughs> I always run in a hat. So yeah, no, same. Yeah. Being bald. Like you have to, you understand with the skin, like being bald, like I have to have a hat on. If I don't have my hat on, something's wrong. <laughs> and I've always like I've always loved hats. Like even when I was a kid, I was I had baseball caps. Like I have more hats than I know what to do with. And even yeah. even now, like I'll find myself like about to buy a hat. I'm like, why the fuck am I buying a hat? I got like <laughs> you know, twenty five hats at home. That's awesome. So that, that's you know for gear wise, that's that's probably. But I I'll use poles sometimes too. So like you know anything anything with a ton of vert, um, I have the the black diamond the carbon poles that you can fold up yeah yeah those are good ones those i never fold ones. them up though i think i need one of those quivers that the, uh, I, I saw everybody like utmb had like the, the little slick little clipper quivers because like my vest you can clip them on the front but they're just in your way so i just yeah. end up carrying them so like i used them for uh emojin you couldn't use them but i brought them on never summer and they were like a godsend on never summer yeah you know, there's so much negativity around poles and I don't get it. Like if you look at all the badass runners that are out in, you know, Europe and Asia, like they all use poles. It's just something with, uh, with America. It's like, oh, you can't use poles. You're not a real runner if you use poles. And it's just like, mm, okay, well I'm going to use poles and whatever. <laughs> from an, honestly, from an energy use standpoint, you, you typically you use more energy using poles. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because you're having it's it's a bunch of like upper body cardiovascular like yeah you look at like calories burned like run it with poles run it without you're probably gonna run you're probably gonna burn more calories with yeah you're probably yeah you're you're right it's just see that it just alleviates my legs right it just like I can it takes a lot of stress off of them and I can be more efficient on a a, like on a steep uphill grind if you get really in a good rhythm like you can be much more efficient so I can I can move a little faster on the uphills which is what I want it for. Yeah, no, that's hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. Well, hey, man, we always ask our guests at the uh, at the end is uh, who is someone that from your network that has a cool story that we could add to uh, add to our our podcast queue. Doesn't necessarily have to be a runner, just someone who you know do you know may have a cool story. Someone I know that has a cool story, huh? Well, my buddy, uh, one of my buddies just ran Leadville one hundred. So that was, and that was by far his longest race. He only ran a 50 before that. Oh, wow. Russ Dietzworth, the guy's a beast. Jeremy Gleason, he's another one. He's uh, another, I'm going to name a bunch. You said don't name a runner, so I'm going to rename a bunch of runners. (laughs) No, it's uh, fine. Everybody does. He uh, took McCullough, he's he's taken a couple shots. The 100 didn't get it, and then has since gotten it. He, 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 DNF did lonesome earlier this year, but then he hit he did run rabbit. Um again, just the guy's relentless, honestly. Like just does like a lot of big mountain stuff like on his own, like just oh, I'm just gonna go run like four fourteeners or something tomorrow. Awesome. <laughs> cool, man. We'll add those guys to the list. But hey man, where uh where can where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Instagram. Coretich, Colorado. You might have to spell that. (laughs) ICH, Colorado. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we'll give you a couple minutes to shout out whoever you want to shout out. Thank whoever you want to thank. Uh, I mean, uh, really for me, just thank my family, honestly. Not that I'm going to watch it, but my wife puts up with me a ton. And so she. (laughs) What wife doesn't? (laughs) 
I mean, we all we all have our quirks, but I do, you know, this, you know, anyone who does, I mean, you, I mean, you can attest, anyone who does like long distance running, like it's a part-time job. And it is. so it's, you know, she puts up with my shit basically. And like, especially when it, like training season hits and I'm gone, like all kinds of weird hours and stuff like that. You know, she still hasn't divorced me. So that's, I got that going for me. <laughs> <laughs> And my, and you know, my, my kid's my biggest supporter. So, you know, I, yeah. it's, uh, I can't go wrong. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast and telling your story, dude. I, yeah, uh, well, thank, thanks for enjoyed. having me. I've never heard of some of these races. And so it was fun to maybe add some to the list. Yeah. I got, I got all kinds of obscure shit. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, man. See you later.